In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In today's Gospel, our Savior tells us the parable of the rich man and Lazarus the beggar. We are told that the rich man was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day, while the beggar, Lazarus, was laid at the rich man's gate, full of sores, and desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The contrast between the lives of the two men is starkly drawn. And we are given no hint that there was any compassion from the rich man towards this beggar at his gate. To him, the beggar was just one of those unfortunate, dirty people, best kept outside. In due time, both men die and Lazarus is carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Meanwhile, the rich man is in hell, where he lifts up his eyes being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And so great is the torment of the rich man that he begs Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. To which Abraham gives the reply, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. To this the rich man who is now concerned about the fate of his family that are still living asks, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. To which Abraham replies, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. There are at least four things that we can understand from this gospel parable. First, there is an afterlife. Secondly, our state in the afterlife is determined by how we live in this life, and it cannot be changed, as Abraham says to the rich man, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us from that would come from thence. Third, our status in this life means nothing to what our afterlife will be. The rich man had success in this life, but ignored the poor, and therefore was in the torments of hell. While Lazarus the beggar, who suffered much, was with the righteous. Lastly, at the end, Christ is prophesying about the rejection of himself 
when the gospel says, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And so, like with all the gospel readings, there are numerous levels of meaning and understanding to them. But in the end, if it is to transform us, we also have to understand what it is saying to our own lives and experiences. We are here in church today because we have accepted that there is an afterlife. We profess it at the end of the creed when we say, I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. But do we live every day like the life of the age to come is an ever-present reality? Do we look for the resurrection of the dead or just accept it as a kind of fact that has no immediate bearing on our day-to-day -day choices? I think it is easy for us Christians to profess an afterlife but be consumed in the present life. In our moments of wealth, be they monetary wealth or just the wealth of pleasant circumstances, we feast upon the agreeableness of our situation and ignore the beggars at our gates. Beggars who could only disrupt and disturb our pleasant circumstances. And conversely, in our moments of trial and despair, we may be apt to wallow in our disagreeable circumstances, complaining about the situation we find ourselves in. And in a roundabout way, we deny our faith, because we pray in the prayer of the Opton elders that thy holy will governs all. In reality, we only act like Thy holy will governs agreeable outcomes. Well, if God's holy will governs all, then how can we complain, ever? St. John of Tobolsk points this out and writes that if we were completely sure that everything always occurs by God's will, then we would suffer less. Our very complaining is a sign of our hypocrisy and a sign that while we say that we look to the age to come, we find ourselves embroiled in the passions of the present day. And consumed with ourselves, we ignore the beggar at our gates. Though we may not feel like it, in one way or another, we are all at various times the rich man, either via financial wealth or the wealth of our ability to offer to others the grace of God. Perhaps the most important alms are those we can offer to the people we live with on a daily basis. The giving of our time and attention when we don't feel like it. The forgiving of their foibles and irritating behaviors. The setting aside of our own wills for theirs. We can act as the rich man in today's gospel and ignore their needs as they are at our gate, disturbing our otherwise untroubled life. But in doing so, we are condemning ourselves and ignoring our path of salvation. We are then no better than the rich man. 
Bishop Sergius has often reminded us of that distinctly anti-Christian statement by the philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, Hell is other people. For the rich man, hell was the beggar at the gate. For us, the person knocking at a door when we want to be alone, the irritation of someone else's actions, their needs and demands, these can be either our hell or our salvation. When others become our hell, we live in never-ending torment because others are always encroaching upon us. In the resurrection icon, Christ is reaching out to save the righteous of the Old Testament, bursting through the gates of Hades and yanking Adam and Eve up from the graves. He is like that to us. He has broken into our own personal hell. But we do not hear him. We do not take his hand. We ignore the needs of our brethren and wallow in the miseries of our circumstances, cursing God either directly or indirectly. We live with little or no reference to our own impending afterlife, and therefore we are even more miserable in our present life. God sent us His Son. He rose from the dead, preached to us, and we ignore Him when we ignore our brother's needs. Truly then, like those mentioned in the parable, we have heard Moses and the prophets and are not persuaded, though one rose from the dead. For this, let us repent. Let us repent today and tomorrow and again and again, confessing our sins. Let us look at the faces of those around us, not as little hells, but as the face of our Savior, ready to lift us up through our service to them. But we can only do so when we look outside of our own concerns and open our gates to the needy around us. And so, as we will sing in a few minutes, let us now lay aside all earthly cares, that we may receive the King of all, who comes invisibly upborne upon the angelic hosts. We lay aside our present earthly cares, so that we may receive the King of all, and thus strengthened, take upon the earthly cares of others. Amen. Thank you.